do not be afraid. These are the words with which God gets our attention when he is about to do something new and radical in our lives. Do not be afraid, God says. How quick we are to judge the unknown. Our first reaction is that it is a threat to the life that we know. And so we recoil, we pull back, we put on our guard. All of these are ways we demonstrate our fear. But the triune God says, do not be afraid. In Luke's gospel, we hear him say it to Zechariah, to Mary, to the shepherds, to Simon Peter, to Jairus, whose daughter was dying, and to the disciples. This morning, we hear him say it to his followers, his little flock. As the psalmist says, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. And what does he say? Do not be afraid. What does God know about us that we have conveniently ignored or forgotten? Because these words, do not be afraid, come when good news is being declared. Zechariah is going to be a father for the first time in his old age. Mary is going to bear a son through the power of the Holy Spirit. The shepherds learn of a new king who leads with an awareness of the needs of the lowly. Simon Peter will have his needs met even as he gives up his livelihood in following Jesus. Jairus' daughter will be healed. The disciples learn of their ultimate value by and security in God. So what is it that makes fear a natural response with, when faced with the unknown, even if the unknown is declared to us as good? I imagine that fear is based on our uncertainty of what will be demanded or expected of us as well as how our life will be changed from this new experience. Last year, after I had arrived as your rector, several vestry members at different times told me that there was something that grabbed their attention when I interviewed with them. When speaking about the property and its use, I had said, the question is, what are we going to do with the abundance? Each person said, I had never thought of it that way before, about the abundance in our property. For them, they had each thought of the property as an endless demand on time and resources, always something more to paint or to repair or to mow. Resources are invested in it, but yet it gets eaten by moths. Time is committed, and yet it still rusts. Indeed, in light of these realities, we can sometimes forget that it is the faith of this community that has continued to change the lives of many. And that, yes, there is always something else that needs to be repaired, but this property provides us with the footprint in Ridgefield to make a difference in the lives of people because Christ has made a difference in our own lives. We have been given a lot, an abundance, I would say, so how are we going to put it in service to God so that the good news can be shared? 
When Jesus speaks in our gospel that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, it is in the past tense. This act of giving us the kingdom has already been done. And God did it out of God's good pleasure. The same reason, if you will, that God came among us as the Christ child. The same delight expressed after Jesus' baptism when the heavens opened and God said, You are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. This kingdom that God has given us, simply because it delights God to do so, has already begun. Living as people of the kingdom here and now transforms our approach to this life. We don't carry out our work in this world because of fear that we won't match the mark of achievement when the final day comes. No, instead we carry out our work because God's kingdom has already begun. It's already been given to us. We don't store up for ourselves treasures in heaven because that is the future bank account from which we hope to draw. No, instead we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven because that is the economy in which our lives operate here and now. We give and share with one another now because we are all united as children of God, certain to be united in eternity. Jesus' directive to live not as people of fear, but as people of the promise, which has already begun to be fulfilled, is instruction to practice the very actions which will last. In eternity, we will find ourselves with the right skill set. We will be practiced in living in service to God. Yesterday was our 107th Nutmeg Festival. The footprint of this institution was used to its fullest. Thank goodness for all of the rooms, the elevator, the open space, the parking, because we needed all of it in order to hold this event, which is our primary funding for outreach. Although the numbers are still early, it looks like we will have raised around our average of $44,000, all of which will go to attending to the needs of people, either through St. Stephen's Church or through nonprofit social organizations. The Nutmeg Festival is a success because people donate almost everything. They donate their time and energy. They donate new and gently used items. It is out of our abundance that we find that we have all of this to give. We practice giving it away in service to God because that is how God's kingdom operates. And we are the people of the kingdom. It is God's good pleasure to give it to us. Last night, after everything had been taken down and put away, as people were sitting around, the physical exhaustion started to sink in. In fact, a new phrase was created. It's called the nutmeg walk. <laughs> and you might see people here today who are walking the nutmeg walk. <laughs> Folks began to discuss how God might value such efforts on their part of yesterday. Perhaps such efforts gave them a star in their crown. For those who believe in purgatory, there was speculation that at the very least, their time there had been shortened because of the work of the day. 
<laughs> and reflecting on that conversation, it crosses my mind that God might say, you're getting the hang of this. You see, I've given you the kingdom. All that I have is yours, and it is all that you need. So don't fear. You don't need to hold on to it, guarding it like one who anticipates a thief, sure that someone is prowling, waiting for a weak moment on your part, waiting for you to fall asleep on your watch so that they can steal it. Instead, do as you're doing. Apply what you have been given in service to me, because you have been given all that I have. You are my hands and feet in this world. And the amazing thing, I imagine God going on to say, the amazing thing is that you will discover in your service to me that at a moment that you least expect it, I will serve you. The blessing of which will be beyond what you even imagined. Teresa of Avila lived in the 1500s. And these are words that we still remember today. She said, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. May we acknowledge our identity as children of God, inheritors of the kingdom even now, so that we might live in service to God each day. Amen.